Hello, I'm Scott Brown with Christian Leadership Alliance. Welcome to the Outcomes Conference podcast. This podcast brings the kind of excellent leadership insights offered at the annual Outcomes Conference to leaders like you year round. This is where leaders invest in leaders for greater kingdom impact. Today's episode is brought to you by Faith Search Partners. Leadership matters. And Faith Search Partners is an outstanding executive search firm serving all aspects of the faith community, from ministries to businesses to colleges and universities and everything in between. Learn more at faithsearchpartners.com. In these inspiring Outcomes Conference podcasts, you'll be enriched through insights on creating vibrant cultures of belonging and encouraged by the enduring principles guiding Christian leaders today. Now, please welcome our Outcomes Conference podcast hosts, Jim and Martha Bringenberg from hashtag IWorkForHim and IWorkForHim.com. Thanks, Scott. Martha and I are super excited about hosting the Outcomes Conference podcast. Every podcast is dedicated to you, our Outcomes Conference podcast listener. We have an incredible conversation today coming up with Margaret Fitzwater, Executive Director of Train, Develop, Care with the Navigators, TDC, Train, Develop, Care. We'll be focusing on how Margaret and her team lead and strive to create a culture of belonging at the Navigators everywhere they do Navigators TDC training. Margaret Fitzwater, welcome to the Outcomes Conference podcast. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. So before we get started talking about your leadership role and the perspective of how God is using you to create a culture of belonging within Navigators TDC, tell us how you keep your faith strong and your leadership Christ-centered. Well, actually, it kind of has to do with uh, overall rhythms of life, I think, is probably the best way I could say that. And I would say there's probably a couple of things that are pretty key to that. And the first is my daily time with God, which a lot of people have, but I just, I live on that. Uh, My daily time in the Word. Um, I always have a journal with me. I I record the treasures of the day, you know, whatever kind of stands out to me. So I always have a pen and paper and I'm always listening for what God, um, how he might redirect my day. I generally, you know, kind of plan my day the, the night before. And frequently, I add or subtract from that day after my time with the Lord, but it's always very instructive and good. And I just, you know, I love um, in uh, John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word was life, in Him was life. And uh, the Word is just life-giving to me. Uh, mm. So that that is probably the first thing that kind of keeps it central in my life. But the other thing has to do with this rhythm is Sabbath. And I'm a pretty big stickler on Sabbath and have been for a long time because it was a game changer in our family's life 20 years ago. And, uh, and basically every, I just, every, every week, if I teach or if I'm working on Sundays, it's another day of the week. I don't keep it legalistically, but every week I feel like there's got to be 24 hours where I rest, I reflect, I renew, spend extra time with God. I do things that are only life giving on that day. I don't have do's and don'ts, but I don't do things that take life away. I do things, you know, lots of fun things, friends, friends, family. I usually go to church, you know, but just things that actually give me life. But that really helps to kind of reset the week every time because it's countercultural. Our culture is so not um, the way of the Lord. And it just, it's like, I need that weekly reset. 
So Margaret, give me an example of something that you consider not life-giving. Because I'm always like, okay, I, I get the things that are obvious, but what kinds of things do you really try to avoid? Well, I'll tell you, you know, actually my work is life-giving, but I do try to avoid that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe mm-hmm. I, I misspoke a little bit on oh, that. No, but that's good. I, I try to make it different because uh, I do think variety, diversity in our life is really helpful. I try to avoid work. Like I do not do emails. I, you know, my staff knows if they send me an email, I will not see it on Sunday. Um, you know, generally, I'm like I said, some Sundays are different and some Sundays I, I do need to get emails. But um, I, I don't do, uh, I just don't do work things. I don't, and I don't do things that I don't want to do. I don't clean house on Sundays. I don't, <laughs> you know, I, I don't do things that, um, and, and I will say that's not always, I mean, there are times when I have to do those kind of things, but it's not the norm. Got it. Well, thank you for expanding on that just a little bit more for us. So as we think about the theme for the Outcomes Conference for 2022, which is I Belong, how have you found some ways of creating a culture of belonging at the Navigators TDC? Yeah, so the TDC, I I feel like that, this culture of belonging is really critical to our mission. So I think mission criticality is really important to us. Um, we, I lead, the TDC is trained about care. And I have five teams that, that are, are part of our, our ministry. And it's our, uh, all of our training for all of our 2,700 staff across the globe, um, especially the U.S. And all lifelong development, all care, uh, our, we have coaching, leadership development, all those things, all those people functions kind of kind of come under us. And so um, if you think about that belonging that's so critical, that's sort of our central identity, uh, we are a, a Christian ministry who we are equipping uh, believers every day. Uh, we come alongside people who are, are part of the kingdom, those who are not, but we're coming alongside everyday ordinary people to help them do the same, you know, do what we're doing. It's kind of the second Timothy 2-2 principle, teach others to teach others to teach others. Mm-hmm. So that belonging, if we don't have that ourselves, how can we impart that to others? So if I, in our, and we are training our staff. And so if we are not doing that ourselves and have that belonging, so it's, I just feel like it's critical, but we have a team. So our team models that our team is all in sync with that. You know, we, we don't have, um, I think we're all in unison and trying to see that we live and work and breathe out of our uh, our belovedness to our our Lord and Savior, and so I think that's really important. Uh, we do a lot of prayer and community because of that. Um, we have a thing called Tuesdays Together, uh, which is twice a month that I think is very helpful. That builds our community and helps that belonging, helps every mm. every one of our staff to belong. So the first, the first Tuesday together, the first, uh, the first of the two Tuesdays is a strategic one. And we try to do different strategic presentations and discussions so that everybody feels like they're part of what we're doing is really important and that they belong and that what they're doing is really important to our organization. And then the, the other Tuesday of the month, the second Tuesday, second Tuesday is, um, is where we celebrate. We do, we celebrate anniversaries, uh, birthdays, wins, but it's all, I mean, I think we don't do enough celebrating in the Christian world. And I think that helps us to belong as well. And it just makes us uh, feel special and loved. So 
you, I'd say those are probably some really key things. Do you find Personally, any, do you, I was going to say, do you find any challenges though in creating a culture of belonging? What do you run into that, that are challenges? Well, I'll tell you on these, like these Tuesdays together, we have to do this kind of Zoom and in person because we have a lot of people here in Colorado Springs at our headquarters, but we also have 40 or 50 people out scattered across the country. And so it's doing anything on Zoom, I think, is a real challenge to creating this culture of belonging because um, there's still a lot to touch um, to to having that face-to-face that it's really harder to do. I mean, I would rather do this face-to-face with you guys. That's That would be a much more natural kind of thing. I would rather you know, be in Colorado at- Springs. I mean... <laughs> I don't know if you can see outside. Oh, we <laughs> love, I love the snow and the ice. Are you kidding? It's great. Oh, um, but this, you know, the culture of belonging, I think it is a difficult thing to, um, to, to try to work at because it's so easy. And like I said, it's, it's a countercultural thing because that's not where our world is. But um, to really get, help people to understand that belonging thing, I think we kind of, we have to get below the surface. We have to get to know people. And, and it's just a little easier face-to-face, I believe. But I think it is important to spend, it takes a lot of time. That's probably one of the biggest sure. uh, challenges, I think, is just finding the time because people have to be heard. They have to be seen uh, in order to belong. They, I, you know, they, they want you to care about them, the whole person, for right. that belonging. That's where that identity, that belovedness come from. Right. You're listening to the Outcomes Conference podcast as we talk with Margaret Fitzwater from Navigators TDC. We'll be right back after this message from faithsearchpartners.com. Hi, this is Ed Fry, president and founder of Faith Search Partners, and we're thrilled to be sponsoring this CLA podcast. Please visit our website at faithsearchpartners.com. We bring a thorough and structured quality process that enhances your ability to secure just the right leader for your organization and its unique culture. That's faithsearchpartners.com. Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference podcast as we talk today with Margaret Fitzwater from Navigators TDC. That's Train, Develop, Care. Margaret, what are the top two core principles that guide you daily as a Christian leader? So probably the first is um, the first is probably integrity. Um, I grew up in a family and had friends who I think I witnessed a lot of duplicity in people's lives, and uh, I think it just gave me uh, it just drove a really deep desire in my own heart to not live that way. And so I think integrity is huge. And if you think about it, some, some, that's not the way all people think about integrity, but it comes from the word integer, wholeness, you know, kind of the inside being the same as the outside. Mm. And I, it is just, uh, it's really important to me that, that people see, uh, that they see the walk that I talk, that they, if I teach something, I'm, I'm, I try to, I try to model it. I, uh, now I don't ever do it perfectly, of course, but I'm because <laughs> I'm I'm certainly uh, in in process. But um, I certainly do my best, and I don't teach things that I don't believe. So you know, if I if I teach it, I try to practice it, and our whole team does that too. So that that integrity, our we have kind of a phrase we use a lot: inside out. And we try to, we do our, our teaching, our, um, our training, our development really starts kind of with the heart and flows out. That's the way that we feel like Jesus's ministry was, was inside out. 
So that's that integrity is big. And then I touched on this earlier when I just um, said something about the word, but the word really is a huge uh, guiding factor. And, and it's not, um, it's a, it's a key value in that I, I really feel like it's important that leaders live and lead from the word and not just overlay it. And I've seen that so much. We, I've, I've seen that in a lot of Christian ministries where um, they'll do teaching that is, it's good teaching. And they'll say, oh yeah, there's, there's this, it's that way in the scriptures too. Or they'll overlay a scripture. And when we start and we start each day and each day, when we're thinking about Jesus during the day and, and his word is guiding everything we do, not everything. I mean, you know, yeah, there are choices that he just gives us. He doesn't really care about that. But if, for the most part, when we're living from the word, it's different than uh, just adding it onto our lives or just having it to be a part. I want it to be a part of everything. Mm. So those are probably the, the key. I think it also drives a different way of leading and it probably more often uh, infers the way of things or the how versus the what. Uh, we're also goal. I am very goal oriented. And I have learned over the years that the way I do things is probably a lot more important than what I do. Sure. So as you are in your role at TDC, which is Train, Develop, Care for the Navigators, you're helping other people in so many ways with those aspects, training, developing, and caring. How about for yourself? What does it look like to pursue um, learning? And how does that play a role in your life as a leader? So it's huge. Um, I, I've always been uh, a big fan of lifelong learning. So I'm a, a life and leadership coach. That's one of the things that we do, but I do it personally too. I, I only do a few. I have like five people. It's primarily younger leaders that I try to pour into that I've prioritized in my life. But, um, but I, I'm actually pursuing my International Coaching Federation certification so that I'll be a better coach. I want to continue to learn to be a better listener, to ask better questions, to uh, to do all the things that good coaches do. Uh, so I'm, I'm constantly growing and those kind of things and um, just uh, practicing skills. I, I, I do a lot of phone style coaching, not just Zoom too, because I find that it helps me to learn to be a better listener, which is so huge because I have to listen a little harder when I'm on the phone to be able mm. to see people without actually having that visual in front of you. So um, that's, a, that's a lot of what I do. And I'm, I'm always in, you know, Bible studies and small groups. I, I, I think that we learn a lot in community. The team that I lead are, are the directors of those five areas I mentioned uh, and a couple of others. We, as a team, we're always growing and learning together. We're always doing some kind of study or book or whatever. So, so the navigators, a lot of people think of the navigators and think of college ministry, you know, on-campus ministry. I mean, that's why I grew up with the navigators on campus, but the navigators are so much more than that today. Tell us, tell us about your current mission and, and, and some of the places that you branch out? Yeah, well, our mission is kind of the Great Commission. So it's pretty, you know, making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. In fact, our um, sort, of, sort of our motto is, you know, to know Christ, make him known and help others do the same. So that opens up a pretty broad arena. And we have several areas of focus. I'd say we have Disciple Makers for Life, which is um, churches, the workplace, uh, 20s, neighborhoods. We have a large military ministry. Uh, we have inter large international ministry. And then we have uh, what we call sort of more of our business units uh, that are huge ministries. And that's, we have Now Press, uh, Glen Airy, 
Uh, the Glenary actually has a castle. People come and stay. We have all kinds of events there all the time that are really awesome. And then we also have Eagle Lake camps that are not just Eagle Lakes. That we have gorgeous, wonderful camps. Uh, our kids actually went to Eagle Lake camps before we were navigators. Um, but here in Colorado Springs, but they also have Eagle Lake on the road. So they're taking that road camp all over the place in the summers with, wow. with churches primarily. So lots, lots of, lots of places. Now, oh, fantastic. All right, we're talking today with Margaret Fitzwater from Navigators TDC. Love for you to check them out online. Margaret, is there a specific uh, website for the Navigators TDC program? Yes. Uh, would you like for me to send yeah. that to you? No, it's, just go ahead and mention it on the, on the show here today. Well, navigators.org, uh, I think you could do slash TDC. Okay. Or you could go and find the ministries and then go down to TDC. That can work on it. So Very but good. TDC, um, uh, gosh, I just do that all the time. It's in my, I'll have to, I will tell you exactly what it is. How about that? That's fine. When we come back for a break, you can tell us exactly what it is. You're listening to the Outcomes Conference podcast as we talk with Margaret Fitzwater from Navigators TDC. Take a listen to this message from our podcast sponsor, Faith Search Partners, online at faithsearchpartners.com. Hi, this is Ed Fry, president and founder of Faith Search Partners, and we're thrilled to be sponsoring this CLA podcast. Faith Search is the premier retained executive search firm serving all aspects of the faith community, from ministries to businesses to colleges and universities and everything in between. Though we recently celebrated the 15th anniversary of our founding, our search roots in high-quality executive search approach nearly 35 years. If your organization is seeking the best prospects for a leadership position, please visit our website at faithsearchpartners.com. We bring a thorough and structured quality process that enhances your ability to secure just the right leader for your organization and its unique culture. That's faithsearchpartners.com. Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference podcast as we talk with Margaret Fitzwater from Navigators TDC. Hey, what was that website then, Margaret? tdc.navigators.org. So that's, uh, we have a new website. So I was sitting there going, is it .com, .org, but it's tdc.navigators.org. Excellent. So Margaret, as you look at Navigators TDC today, what are you most enthusiastic about in terms of pursuing your mission and impact going forward? So probably the thing I think I'm most excited about is just um, being able to lead where I am and the areas that we all lead together. Uh, our, what we're really trying to do is to help people be healthy and soul, equipped for the work and hopeful for the future really to see them thrive, to see them fruitful, to see them flourish. And that gets me excited uh, when I when I can, you know, uh, pour into others. And I think the way that we try to do it, we, we try to live like some of those values I told you about and the way we live uh, this way of life that is the way that Jesus talked about is really kind of operating in from an overflow of what he gives to us. And so it's, it just generates, I think it generates enthusiasm and excitement. And when you see fruit growing, it's pretty exciting. So I think it does that. And I, it's just a fun thing to do. The way Jesus ministered was relational. It was intentional. It was generational. And that's what we're trying to help people do. So I think that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, the, just being able uh, to, uh, to come alongside people in ways where you see them really begin to bloom and flourish. And I think, I think one of the reasons why 
that is so important to me is I, I was in the corporate world for lots of years and I always used to evaluate everything from sort of a strategic impact, kind of where do you get the most bang for your buck? And I think when you are equipping leaders or equipping equippers of equippers, you know, kind of thing, you know, that's kind of more bang for your buck, but it's just, um, it's, uh, you, you see the strategic impact on people and on this world. Cause I, I really feel like that only, only Jesus can help this culture that we're in this larger non-kingdom culture that we all live in. And I feel like that the navigators life to life, the way that we just come alongside everyday people, I feel like that we have in some ways kind of the, um, the secret sauce of being able to, to help people thrive because that's what we were made for, but also to kind of fill in the gap of lots of Christians in that, you know, that just kind of that duplicitous thing. Cause I think the, the people that I know who don't, who are not a part of the kingdom right now, their biggest complaint seems to be the Christians that they know. And uh, that just really disturbs me. And I feel like this life to life disciple making uh, is, is kind of the way you come alongside people as they live life naturally yeah. and, and help them show God's way. So. As we close out today's podcast, Margaret, one of the things we love to just point out is the Outcomes Conference podcast and the Christian Leadership Alliance. It's all about leaders coming to invest of the best of what they know into other leaders. Margaret, what leadership idea or thinking would you like to share as an investment in our listeners here on the Outcomes Conference podcast? So I, I think that, that probably it's that Christianity really is following Jesus is about a way of life that stems from difference in the world. And this way, this how of doing things, it is a way of life that is intentional. It's a slowed down spirituality. And well, that's hard for me. I, I'm not, I'm a fast person. I, you know, walk fast, do, I do everything fast. And I have learned to slow down. I need to learn more to slow down and listen to Jesus and enjoy his belovedness so that I actually am living from my belonging in him, my belovedness as his beloved daughter and bless him and let him bless me and be able to really take that in. I remember um, uh, this, this way of life. Actually, I, I love the Old Testament as well as the new, the whole Bible, but in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 30, uh, God's people have been, they, they have been following a very different way of life, not according to God's rules at all and not, not following him. And he said, these people are far from me. You know, you're paying lip service. And he, anyway, he tells them, he says, and repentance and rest is your salvation and quietness and trust is your strength. I think that's verse 15. But then he goes in verse 21, he goes on down and he says, and this is, God actually said this first, not the Mandalorian. He said, this is the way, walk in it. And I think that walking in this way of life is, is what we were made for. It's the way of Jesus. And that's, I'm, I'm excited because it has to do with the belovedness and belonging. That's the core. That's the identity that we live from. And that's why I'm really excited about this outcomes conference too. Such great words, you know, and tying it all together and how God's been revealing that to you. And um, we can, we can t- talk more about that, but thank you. The whole idea of belonging um, in every culture of work gives a lot of people a lot more purpose to be able to know that they belong and it's a safe place where they can live out their calling that God has given them. And that slowing down thing, I had somebody speak that over to me as well this year. Slow down, you'll get there faster. It's a great one. 
Margaret Fitzwater with Navigators TDC. Thanks so much for being on the Outcomes Conference podcast today. Thanks. Appreciate it. And to you, our Outcomes Conference podcast listeners, thanks for joining us today. We pray this podcast inspires you to think about how you can create a culture of belonging in your organization and your community. And thanks also to our Outcomes Conference podcast sponsor, Faith Search Partners at faithsearchpartners.com. Be sure to visit christianleadershipalliance.org where you can stay up to date by subscribing to the Outcomes online newsletter and the CLA Higher Thinking blog. And if you're not already a member of the Christian Leadership Alliance, I don't know, what are you waiting for? Go out to, go out to christianleadershipalliance.org and join today. Remember, the wisdom in this podcast came to you on its way to someone else. If you loved it, say so and share it today with a friend. I'm Jim. And I'm Martha. We'll see you again for the next episode of the Outcomes Conference podcast. Mm -hmm.